Hello. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of Scorpions Monthly. Super excited for this one. It's December, and it's your chance to tell your Scorpion that you love them. Then we're going to count down the top 10 Scorpion gifts. Wow. So are these gifts that feature scorpions that are good for scorpions or good for people that own scorpions? You know, it's a great question. It's the giving season. All three are going to get satisfied in this podcast of Scorpions Monthly. What's up, Michael? Michael Motorcycle. What's going on, Vincenzo? How are you? I'm good. Um, ask me if I'm wearing a Karate Kid bandana and holding nunchucks right now. You know, I have a weird question to ask you. Are you wearing any Karate Kid type regalia and swinging around chucks of the nun? You mean right now? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I was about a half hour ago, though, because my four-year-old is now into a karate. Well, that's dangerous, because if her hands are as fast as her mouth, you guys are dead. Well, it's not my fault. Uh, she went to a relative's house, cousin, about, who's just turned eight, and she had a karate-themed party, birthday party, and they gave out homemade headbands and, uh, and like, the, the soft nunchucks. Oh, God, please tell me that they allowed her to cut her cake with a break-a-brick-type <laughs> hand to cream chop. I wish. I didn't go. I didn't attend. Yeah! And then yeah. just like hand right into the cake. Happy no, birthday, bitches. <laughs> yeah! Although, although I, I heard they, they just gave her a machete. Yeah, well, that's dangerous. <laughs> I don't know if I sign off on that as a newer parent, but anyway. <laughs> so anyway. So, yeah. scorpions aside, <laughs> this has been a busy week in the sports world. Actually, we haven't talked in maybe three weeks. So. Has it been that long? So what do you want to talk about, Vincenzo? I don't have an agenda. On Riding the Pine. I, I don't have an agenda for, for Riding the Pine, the revival. Uh, it's agenda-free Saturday. Agenda-free. I mean, this could go anywhere from net neutrality to the uh, uh, Kyle Van Noy not playing tomorrow. You know, let, let's let's talk about Steelers Patriots. Let's jump into okay. this. So so yeah, so <laughs> that that was made official. And I, I wanna share a Kyle Van Noy observation. And this is a stretch, but I believe Kyle Van Noy has two Super Bowl rings. Is that accurate? Oh, I don't know. with, with the not with the Patriots, right? He, I believe he does. Wait, wait, wait. So he was on the team last year? He was on the team right? last year, absolutely. Yeah. But he was on the team last year. What other team was he on? He was definitely on the team the prior year. Well, he was a first round draft pick of the Detroit Lions. And yeah. they traded him to the Patriots in his second or third year. So it was one of those moves where a lot of hype. It sounded like he was a bad fit for whatever system the Lions use. I don't know what the hell the Lions are doing, truth be told. But they're like, ah, this guy's no good. And the Pats being opportunistic are like, all right, we had our eye on that guy, but a second-round pick, pretty high-caliber player. And they acquired him, but I can't remember if it was 15 or or 2014. I was, he was definitely on the team in 2015. Huh. He was on the team last year. And, I did, uh, I know, Yeah, I know last year. I didn't realize he might have been on the team when they beat the Seahawks. I cannot remember. I know Listen. they had – they had some right they had they had some depth at linebacker. I mean they had Jamie Collins. They had oh wait, no. Was that the year they traded him away? Or was that uh, last year? I guess I no, can't for the, with the no, no last yeah, year two, was. Yeah, 2014 they had Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, uh Jonathan Casillas, who's a, a starter on the Giants. Yeah, Chandler the hybrid, you know, role. They had Ninkovich. So I I don't think he was on 2014, but Anyways, where I'm going with this is... No, he wasn't. He's only been on the Patriots since last year. I've watched every snap of Patriots football for, you know, the last however many years. And Kyle Van Noy is becoming the Teddy Bruschi of the New England Patriots. And, you know, he doesn't do anything particularly amazing. But he does a lot of stuff very well. And he's starting to, like all Patriots players that hang around long enough, figure out their system, figure out what they're seeing before it happens. 
And well, all look. of a sudden, Kyle Van Noy starts stepping in front of passes. Yeah. And starts, you know, cutting off the route. So he's I more important like than people it, really it, give him credit for. It's a meaningful loss that he's not going to play tomorrow because he, you know, they're they're a headless monster right now. High Tower was the guy that wore the green dot. He's out. They try to pass that baton to David Harris, but really, it's it's Kyle Van Noy that wow. that sees and understands things the best. And David Harris is also a million years old. He is, but he's he's played well. I mean, it was confusing that they acquired him. He's obviously got a really good resume. And then he sat the bench for the first, you know, six or seven weeks. And then they threw him in the battle. You know, yeah, threw him in the battle him. and he looked really good. Uh, he, he's kind of a – he's a game plan guy. And it fits in with, you know, everything yeah. else that they do with the Patriots. So he's also a weeks, middle – yeah, he's, he's definitely a middle linebacker. He um. is a run-specific <laughs> linebacker. But he, yeah. we've seen him in coverage. And I think it helps him that he hasn't played in – so many games to this point in the year. So I, I'm yes. pretty sure he was dressed but did not play a single snap in like the first four or five weeks. And yeah. then the injuries finally thrust him into the role. And now, you know, against a team like the Bills, he plays 40 snaps. A team, you know, it's inconsistent. 20 snaps here, 50 snaps there. I would put but... him in the same the same uh, playing time category as what the Steelers have been doing with James Harrison, who – well, was, James Harrison's even worse, right? I well, mean, not lately. It's the same thing. It's literally like the first, the first, and they, on the Monday night football game, I think it was, or the Sunday night football game, they chronicled it. They were like, "Yeah, he was, he was yeah. bitching and moaning about it." That was pretty. Well, he's rude. What he said, he already said. Now he said he doesn't see himself back with the team because oh, he's a miserable bastard. He thinks he can play every game. If not, he's every a miserable down. jerk. Yeah. <laughs> if he had played every. If they had winded him up, wound him up, whatever the term is, and let him just go, probably by week four, he would have been suspended for a dirty hit. And then <laughs> by week seven or eight, he'd break down. Tomlin, who I do not like at all, is not a dumb dumb. And even he knows that James Harrison is like a really, you know, it's, it's like that extra club in the bag. And he's not going to break it out unless he really needs to hit that kind of shot. Right, so you just can't push a forty-year-old out there at right. linebacker. Uh, Thirty-nine, Tom Brady. Thirty-nine, and, yeah, yeah, I sure, whatever. Listen, it's one, I, it's I, one thing if it's Tom Brady or a kicker where you're only getting hit on a minority of the plays you're actually on the field for, but James Harrison is by far one of the most physical players of his generation. He wouldn't last half a year if they were using yeah. forty plays a game. Listen, one one last note on Van Noy before we get to our, our little analysis for the game and what we think is going to happen. Um, I, I agree with you, I, and I I think it's, it's – I mean, it's kind of funny how he's become the guy, like you said, the torch being passed. He really is that, um, if you want to call it the elephant position or the hybrid position that, like, Brewski kind of – they created with Brewski, passed it on to and Vrabel – even to a, a bigger degree, and then uh, from Vrabel to Ninkovich, and Ninkovich was honestly to me, Ninkovich was just as good as Vrabel in that that role that he played. And when he retired in the off season this year, it was a it was a shock to us as fans. I think I don't know I don't know if the team if they already if they knew you know if if there was already kind of an understanding, mm-hmm. but it was during training camp. It was in the beginning of training camp, I think, or you know halfway through. And and so then he's gone. So that's they lost a guy. You know they could have potentially replaced in the draft or or tried to or free agency or something. So now it's Van Noy, and when he's not in there, plus not having High Tower, the Patriots always seem to find a way. And and they they always seem to find a way in these types of games where it's like a big game, uh, you know. <laughs> where they they look like they look like oh they're they're coming in they have they're they're missing this guy this guy this guy and this guy all on the defense you know and like I I can't how many times have we seen this where we're like oh that you know is Roethlisberger gonna pick them apart Antonio Brown Olivia Bell and then they end up winning by like thirty I'm not gonna say that's gonna happen but I I wouldn't be shocked if it did because it's happened so many times. And now you're spilling into the prognostication yes. portion of the podcast. But I do want to say, Bruski and Van Noy, 
they are effective blitzers, right? They're not dominant blitzers, but they can absolutely blitz. They're fast enough to turn their back to the quarterback and chase down a running back. They've got that speed. They tackle really well. So, you know, you're not seeing them dive and miss all the time. And they're playing that middle spot where they're calling out the defensive assignments. They're making audibles and adjustments. So they just remind me so much of each other. Bruski obviously has a decades-long resume that includes a dynasty and a portfolio of really good plays, as well as one Pro Bowl appearance, which is really meaningful you know, for a guy like Bruski. As well as a hole in his heart. <clears throat> and he conquered a stroke. <laughs> he conquered death. Okay. He conquered he conquered death and rehab, which is just one that is that is one story that people have moved on from. And yes. not people I don't expect people nationally, but Patriots fans when they talk about Bruski, it's forgotten. They never mention the fact that he had a stroke immediately after the Super Bowl. And what, career within, threatening, life within like three months he was back on an NFL field, maybe five months. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, and I think that speaks to how how great his next years were, his comeback was, because you don't remember it. I actually saw Teddy Bruschi's last moment on a professional football field. It was a preseason game against the Washington Redskins. And it was also Tom Brady's first game back from his injury. So I don't know if you remember, you know, Brady obviously missed 08. So So 2009 preseason. Yeah. And basically what I had seen was Bruski was matched up one on one with a running back and just got torched. He gave up like a fifty five yard play. And after the game he was like, Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well well listen, that is actually an even better segue into the the uh game analysis because I the first thing I want to throw out there, Steelers versus Patriots you know, minus the, the tragic loss of, of Ryan Shazier, their linebackers are woefully inept at at keeping up with running backs and running backs coming on the backfield. So I I I think we're gonna see a lot of that. Uh from we're gonna see a lot of uh Burkhead and James White and Deion Lewis, who I mean whoever's ends up ends up being active <laughs> is gonna get a lot of activity, I think. Well, look at their prior week's battle. So I think both the Patriots and Steelers got caught looking ahead. I think the Steelers as an organization, the the players obviously battling an enormous and fair distraction. Yeah. I mean, to see one of your peers go paralyzed on the field is just horrifying. Yes. So they're, they're dealing with that, and that's a real thing. But the players were definitely looking looking ahead because it's such a big game and there is kind of this Buffalo Bills dominance of the Patriots in Pittsburgh. I mean, the victories the Pats have tied on the Steelers haven't just been like, oh, that one hurt. They're like in Pittsburgh, in the playoffs for everything. And, And these games weren't even close. Like everyone is a real kick to the balls. Patriots, you know, steal their lunch money, push them down, run away. Or even other games where they're in the regular season where they're, like, coming in both undefeated or mm-hmm. or this type of game where they're battling each other for the, the top spot in the AFC. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the last few times. Yeah, it's – it's, it's been incredible. Incredible. It's, yeah. And, I mean, and the, you know, almost to the point of the, the, the Patriots, the Steelers being due, if you believe in that type of thing, to, to take one from the Patriots. Definitely that, you know, the pendulum swings both ways. And I think of Michael Jordan and how if he did not exist, Patrick Ewing might have two championships. <laughs> if Tom Brady did not exist, you know, Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger would both have five championships apiece. That's what it feels like. Manning might still be playing. constantly getting in their way. But I feel like so my initial point was I felt like the Steelers would definitely emotionally Looking ahead, I think they thought very little of the Ravens. And they gave up, what, 38 points to the Ravens, which is incredible. Because yeah. the Ravens offensively are absolutely basic. And that game that game changed. I mean, the, the Steelers were kind of owning them in the first quarter until the Ravens decided. I think they were down 14 to nothing or something or 10 to nothing. And they were like, you know what? We, we, we're kind of good at running the ball. 
So they started running, and they ran it all over the field on them. Well, that shift in strategy speaks exactly to what you said. Their linebackers are garbage, and there they are. They're guys that you haven't even heard of running all over the field, scoring touchdowns on the ground for the Ravens. Now the, the Patriots gave up a real stinker on the road in Miami, and it's hard to sweep your division. The Pats don't do it as often as you'd think, given their annual record of 12, 13, 14, maybe even 15 wins. God bless them. But, you know, they always drop a game against New York or Miami every year. And Miami is the albatross. I believe Tom Brady is 7-9 <coughs> and nine in Miami. In Miami which, is horrible, yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. So, that being said, the, uh, you know, the, the Patriots were looking ahead strategically. I don't think they were looking ahead emotionally, but when you look at the players that were deactivated and now the players that just made the flight to Pittsburgh, like Trey Flowers, Trey Flowers is by far their best defensive lineman. To expect them to put pressure on the quarterback with without him is a tall task, and that's exactly what happened. They really struggled to get to Jay Cutler. They had to blitz corners and safeties. These are things that the Pats you know, haven't done consistently in five or 10 years, you know, they, that's a very nineties method of attacking their quarterback. That's what they had to resort to. So, and, and I feel like the Patriots lost that game because they were just off and Tom Brady, just about every throw was short or low. He was totally off all night and it just trickled down and impacted the rest of the team. So that being said, here they are, despite the fact that, the Ravens scored 30-some-odd points. They, you know, a, a horrible offense, maybe torching a horrible defense. Uh, now you got the Patriots, who took a loss and aren't coming to this game tied, but with a win can tie, but have the tiebreaker. If the Pats lose, all of a sudden they're, they're in danger of being the number three seed, and that's a dangerous place for the Patriots. It's almost emblematic of how average their defense is because I don't think anybody has concerns over their offense so with that said what do you think is going to happen tomorrow Patriots on the road against the Steelers for what feels like the 10th time I I like the Patriots to win this game I think they're comfortable playing in Pittsburgh they're, they're comfortable playing against Tomlin and and Roethlisberger and their crazy offensive coordinator, um, uh, whatever his name is, I forget. He used to be here in Arizona, um, and Levy and Bell and and Antonio Brown, like they, you know, I I I think they know how to play these guys. They've shown they've shown it, like we said, mo- like almost annually for the last couple of years, it's been the, the same team that the Steelers have had, and they've beat them, and it's not just totally you know crazy offensive firepower one of i remember you know one especially was when they beat them like 55 to 31 right but but other times it's they've done just enough to win or they've really they've really handed it to them so i I don't i mean i can't go against the trend it's actually more than a trend because it's happened more than like two or three times i i think the patriots are gonna win i think i think the loss might have been good because now, you know, Belichick, he's got their attention. Not that he doesn't always have it, but, you know, they they go down to Miami every year, and it's almost always a tough game, like we said. I don't know what's going on in South Beach the night before, Saturday night, but something's something's going on. And they, it's, funny, it's funny you bring that up. I have to bring that up while you are talking about it. But yeah. the Patriots typically visiting – Ball clubs stay in this cat's meow. I forget the name of the place. Just an awesome beachfront hotel that is like nine out of ten NFL visiting teams playing the Dolphins stay in that same place. The Patriots actually opt to stay in a hotel that is in the middle of nowhere in <laughs> an industrial park. I read about it. I want to say Mike Reese. Mike Reese or yeah, yeah one of one of the current of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it might've been current. That's, that's good. Um, you know, I forget what their, what their record is against like Tom Brady and the Patriots. I can, I can remember two, two defeats 
of the Patriots at the Steelers' hands. I, I remember the one in 2004 where the Patriots had won something like 21 straight regular season games. Mm-hmm. They went on that huge streak. I remember 2004, they, they had Corey Dillon, but he was a little banged up that game, and they beat him. They broke that streak in the middle of the year. So and Roethlisberger's that, rookie year, basically. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. You, you might be correct. So that's why the Patriots ended up playing and winning that AFC championship game in Pittsburgh because they had the same record and they lost that tiebreaker. The second loss was the 2008 Matt Castle campaign where I can't remember. I want to say Joey Porter, just they, they had some linebackers that were just on fire and they just, they just annihilated. It might've actually been James Harrison's uh, defensive player of the year campaign as well. And they just they just unneeded the Patriots, uh, you know, uh, I want to say again. No, that might have been a New England. But anyways, those are the only two losses I remember. Um, so you, so you're you're saying you think the Patriots are going to win. Tell me why and what the score is real quick. I, <clears throat> I hate doing the score. I, it's goofy. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it for our purposes here. But because, um, well, I, I mean, I mean, what I'm asking, you know, is, is it 10 to nine? Right. Is it twenty to fifteen? You know, uh, I mean, what, is I think... it thirty-eight to thirty-five? <laughs> you know, what I mean, what do you think is going to happen here? I think the Patriots. So, so I think here's what happens. Like I said before, I I don't think the Steelers. I think they showed some bad tendencies um, in their linebacking core that um, I don't know how they address them. You know, the the Patriots running backs are quick. They can and they can if they have a, a like the right blocking schemes and and all that like they can they can they can bust out enough enough runs to, and more so the 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 wheel the wheel routes out of the backfield that type of stuff like the little short mm-hmm. things coming out the bubble screens like I don't see how the the Steelers linebackers if they couldn't they couldn't keep up with Alex Collins and Buck Evans like come on they. You got these other. There's like four guys on the Patriots at running back that can all do very similar things, and they're gonna all be fresh every time they come into the game almost. So it's gonna be tough for them. And you know the the uh, the pressure can the can the Steelers get pressure on Brady? That's what that's what the question is always gonna be. If the team can get can get pressure on Brady with the four four down linemen, or if they play a three four whatever the three down linemen or four guys coming at him then can the rest of their team bottle up the receivers long enough? Because Brady will pick them apart. And if they're playing a zone, it's forget it. Forget it. Even without Edelman. Gronk would, Gronk would be back. The thing in Miami that, look, Gronk was out. We knew that was going to make a difference because it always does. It always does. And with this game, he'll be back. He's He'll be amped and ready to play. Uh. Brady will be looking for him early, guaranteed. I I would I don't know if there's odds on it, but if his what's what are the odds on the first pass from Brady going to Gronk? I would I would bet on that if you can. Um uh, if that's a prop bet, because it's going to Gronk, first pass. It's either going to Gronk or it's going fifty six yards down the field to Brandon Cooks. They're gonna test him early. <laughs> like that's th- seriously, that's like the two the two plays on on uh, the first play of the game by the Patriots on offense, it's going to be one of those two things, I think. So, all that being said, like I think Brady's super confident going into that game. It's the Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. They've they've won a million times there before. They know how to coach against these guys. Belichick, McDaniel's, Patricia, all like they know the deal. So I would. I, think- I mean, th- does Mike Tomlin evolve? Do you feel like Mike Tomlin's like? offensive and defensive philosophies have changed at all in the last five years. I feel like what you see out of the Patriots is ever changing. You know, they, they're the only team that has, you know, multiple fullbacks and they put them all on the field at the same time. And the Patriots are always changing. They're kind of like the Borg in Star Trek. They just assimilate into whatever they need to be. Bill Belichick creates, creates trends. To your point, it feels like it's the, so it's the same thing. Like we're going to see the killer bees again. Yeah. Look, Belichick, over, the reason why they've been, one of the main reasons they've been so successful over over all these years 
is because Belichick creates trends out of observations that he sees developing in the game from year to year. The, the, the couple of main ones, when they, remember when they first went with Brady to the, the no huddle and they were running, they, they were doing that. Same along, 2007. Yeah. And they, and they were having huge success with it. Right. So they were running a ton of plays. Obviously they had Moss and Walker, we know, but, but they were, they were still utilizing a different, a different aspect of the offense. Then it was the two tight end thing where the tight ends, Gronk and Hernandez, one was like an H back out of the backfield or and, and all over the field with Hernandez. And Gronk was doing that too, but he was, they, they identified him as such a, a, a dominant guy. If he was healthy, like no one could cover him. The matchup. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they highlighted two tight ends that had immediate mismatch. Speed. Yeah. Right off the bat, that bad matchup problems. And now I really feel like I, I texted this to you the other day. Cause I just, I just realized that like a couple weeks ago, I really feel like what they're doing is they have James White, they have Deion Lewis, they have Burkhead. Who am I missing? Who's who, who's the they have another well, it's guy. Gillisley, who's Okay, who hasn't right. played, right. But but like they have two of each guy that they're either the small, quick, can catch the ball out of the backfield, or it's the guy that can run between the tackles, but that can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And these that that's where the mismatches are being created with the linebackers and the and like there's no they can't cover these small guys coming out of the backfield. And I think that's, that's this year's mismatch trend for Belichick. So that well, clearly said, they loaded up on running backs yeah. and, and none of them are one dimensional. And right. if you, you know, we mentioned Mike Gillisley who just today vented to the media about starting the season with a three touchdown game. <laughs> now he's been deactivated for five straight yeah. games, which is shocking, you know, not but, really. But he, you know, I mean, he's uh, he he was a surprise that the Patriots pursued him as aggressively as they did, right? He was a restricted free agent, and he looked good that first game, and then he started to struggle with short yardage, and that's supposed to be his forte. And then I, he had a couple turnovers, which is kind of the kiss of death for a Bill Belichick team. And he he might have been the only player in the cadre of backs that they acquired that was one dimensional. Mm-hmm. But to your point, the rest are all Swiss army knives. They yeah. Block, so they, they block well, yep. people always forget about that, right? They block well, they run well, they run the routes well, they catch well, and they're smart players. You know, they, they, they know what they're looking at before the ball snaps. Even, so. even, even the, they, they're one of the few teams that has an actual just fullback on the team in Devlin. And even he, Every once in a great while, he catches a ball. He catches a ball like out in the flat because he's wide open, and and that guy can catch the ball even though he doesn't do it all the time. He can do it. So all that being said, I'm going score wise. I'm going to say close first half, and then Patriots win by two touchdowns by the time it's over, and we're talking thirty-one seventeen. Thirty-one seventeen. Wow. Oh, that's a shellacking. So l- let me ask you this, Ben. Who are the five best players on either roster? So give me the top five. If you combine the rosters. Yeah. Who are the top five players in rank tomorrow? Playing playing on the field in the game. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. I, I hear you. Um, just in general, overall football – yeah, like if you don't choose the same list, you're not going to get hate mail. I won't hang up on you. Just throw them out there. Right. What do you think? Well, look, I'm not going to put anybody above Tom Brady. Yeah, um, he's one. Yeah. Who's two? Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Okay, who's three? Yep. Uh, three. I mean, I, Gronk's going to be on the field. Gronk, three. Who? Yep. All right, who's four and five? I put Le'Veon Bell in there, of course. Bell. Um, Who's fifth? And uh, and fifth, I mean, I I like I like Malcolm Butler. See, I I have Brady one, Roethlisberger's two. Uh, I said that plural. Gronk three, and then Bell and Brown four and five. However, you want to flip it. I think the difference this time around is the 
Steelers have better players. They have better talent. Now, I know this has happened many times in the Patriots' dynastic run here where they've gone against a team that absolutely has better talent. Oh, wait a second. Wait, let me – Cooks. Not, no, it's not too Butler. late. No, it's too late. You're Cooks, both been Butler. cast. You're Sorry. doomed. No, you're done. Cooks is on my list. You can't take it back. No take back. <laughs> no take back. So, look, Roethlisberger is still – in his prime effectiveness. I mean, he's coming off a 500-yard game. He's yeah, he's been, he's been great lately. Yep. So he's just white hot. You know, uh, Bell is white hot, healthy, playing great. Brown, you know, now you got Collinsworth begging for MVP votes, which is just utterly stupid. And on the flip side, you've got Brady, who just had his be- his worst game of the year, and he's going to have two bad games a year. It's, you know, it's only normal. And Gronk, who had his worst game of the year. He didn't play, got suspended. Not good. So I feel like the momentum is definitely on the Steelers' side. They're at home. They're coming off a real good victory. And they've been licking their chops for this for quite a while. And for the most part, which Shazier is is, is down and out. And God bless his soul. I don't know what's going to happen. But that is a big piece of the pie defensively that they're missing. So they're going to struggle on defense. But I think the Patriots' shortcomings on defense are a much bigger problem for you know this game uh, than the Pats' offense matching up against the Steelers' defense. Now, when you think about what the Pats did this offseason that just shocked everybody, it was throwing bags of money at Stephon Gilmore. Bags of money. Nobody had any expectation that the Pats were going to pursue him. They went out and got him. And everybody was scratching their heads saying, my gosh, well, what, you know, why would they do that? When the schedule was released, I saw uh, uh, an endless line of first-place teams and golden-arm quarterbacks. So when you think of the quarterbacks they played, Alex Smith, you can say whatever you want. He was white-hot, you know, the the first half of the year. Sure. Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan. I mean, I think four of the five guys I just mentioned had MVP awards on the shelves and that's before we talk about philip rivers and Derek carr you know mvp candidates and i think belichick was like look we're going to be facing a lot of heat this year so let's load up in the secondary let's really protect that part of the field because makes sense yeah it's not clear what the front seven is going to be able to do so here's where we cash in on that policy right this is the pivotal game this is going to determine if the pats quest for a super bowl is you know, I'd say significantly less difficult than, you know, if they have to go on the road for the second round after hosting a game against, you know, some sort of wild card team that is, is a threat. And I, I do believe that Brown and Butler, Butler might be the only player in the league that can consistently compete against him and shut him down for periods. Gilmore, it's great that they have Gilmore. Rowe is back healthy. They're going to need him because Bryant and, and Juju Schuster-Smith are big guys. They're, they're mismatches for most teams. I, and I don't think they're mismatches with the Pats. The mismatch that the Pats do not have an answer for is Bell. I don't know who the hell is going to keep up with Le'Veon Bell in coverage now that we we kicked off the game saying, you know, the, the, our little podcast here is saying, gosh, you know, Van Noy reminds us so much of Brewski. He's probably their fastest linebacker, and they don't have him. I, he would have been that player that I felt like, all right, well, if they can get him on 26, you know, maybe they can control what he does on the field a little bit more. But I just I don't see a scheme knowing that the Steelers are going to take the field three wide outs or more on every down where they can hide that deficiency I think that is going to be the backbreaker. I think Le'Veon Bell has an enormous game, like 150 total yards and three touchdowns. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be another 35-28 to 28 type deal. But I think the Steelers will be in control the entire game. I think it'll be competitive. It won't be embarrassing. It'll be competitive. And the things you're saying about the Steelers' defense being on roller skates and struggling to keep up will absolutely be true. But I, I just think what's going to ultimately happen is uh, th- there will be very little uh, ability for the Pats to place pressure on Roethlisberger, control 26, and cover those three wideouts. 
they they've got to choose. You know, they they can't choose to do any more than two of the three. They've got the talent to stop the routes, and they can blitz effectively if they choose. But that those linebackers, they're so depleted, Vin. They're pulling guys off of other organizations' practice rosters, practice squads, and it shows up in this game. Does it matter down the road? Maybe it doesn't matter so much because the roster's a little different with health and some talent development. But I, I think the Pats take it on the chin tomorrow, and I think it is one of those the pendulum swings the other way finally, you know, for the Steelers. In the regular season. Yeah, and I so that being said, if if that's where we want to leave things, the next question I think you ask is, all right, well, we know what happens if the Patriots win. They they do their best to win out against two really weak divisional foes and they ride off into the sunset as a one or two seed. Well, what the hell happens if the Patriots lose? Right? If they lose, now they're a number three seed. And the Well, Luster they're only a number three is- seed if the if the Jags win. Right, which the Jags are playing the Texans, so there's a very, very good chance that they will, although the Texans might be better with TJ Yates at quarterback than with Tom Savage. Well, if you had to bet your family on it, you know, you'd say Jacksonville's going to hold their own. But if the Pats are the number three seed overall, I think there is kind of a little bit of a crisis mode there, and, and, and I, I, that would mean that the Pats lost two games in a row on primetime I guess I guess it's, well, it's not Sunday night, but four thirty kickoff. It's it's a pretty big game. Well, it's let me ask be you this: if they, if they lose, my, my it, point is yeah. my point is they're exposed. Jay Cutler just torched them. Roethlisberger just torched them, and it's visions of practice squad players masquerading as world champions just getting torched endlessly, blowing tackles, and it doesn't matter how good your secondary is these teams that have these hybrid backs or really effective tight ends that can take advantage of the talent mismatch at that like intermediary linebacker, they're just going to rip them to pieces and they'll control the game. That's the thing. They'll control the game. It's not a, an 80 yard down the field type bop you over the head. It's no, it's, we can't stop them on third down third and short third and long. We just can't stop them because this, this back keeps either pulling the defense away from the receiver. They're trying to get to, or he gets the ball and rips you up. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm doing the Bill Belichick style and, and keeping it looking at focused on this game because to look try to look ahead. I first of all, I don't know what the tiebreaker is. I don't even know if they would be the third seed if they lose and the Jags win. I don't know what the tiebreaker situation is with that. They may still be the two seed even if the, if they lose and the Jags win. Um, so I, I mean, I don't think it's apocalyptic at all. I I think. If they lost, then they they would just handle it. And even if they did end up being the three seed, it's like they're they're definitely one of the couple teams in the league that it really doesn't matter. They can they can win anywhere. Um, place except if it was in Miami or you know if it was in Miami, which isn't going to be the case. Um, so I I'm not that I'm not that worried about that. Um, you know, if they, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if they lose and, and they end up as a three seed as of this week. Again, there's still two more weeks after that, two more games. Um, they fa- I got the schedule right here. So they I'm face – I'm pretty sure the, the Bills and the Jets. I'm pretty sure the tiebreaker is conference record. And if the Pats were to lose to the Steelers, three of their four losses would be to AFC foes. It would be the Chiefs on opening night the Dolphins on Monday night last week, and then the Steelers. So I, I don't know how many losses against AFC foes the Jaguars would have, but three out of four against your own conference is, is significant. Yeah, the Jags have two in the AFC. They lost to the Titans, and they lost to the Jets. So, I mean, we'll, we'll so see. So what is Jacksonville's remaining schedule? So they play the Texans, which yeah, they play the know, Texans. should beat them up pretty good. And well, who are the well, last listen, two? listen. Wait, back up because I swear to God, TJ Yates. I'm if I'm a Texans fan, I'm happier that Yates is in the game than Savage, and and the defense has been playing well all year, even without JJ Watt. Clowney has been a, a kind of a monster, and they've been playing well all year. They've been in games, so I, I wouldn't automatically call that like a write off. I, I would I would rank TJ Savage ahead of Blake Bortles, by the way, not by much, but 
He's guess who's won a playoff game? TJ Yates. Yeah, wow. that's cute, but I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not buying into that at all. You think uh, Blake Bortles is better than anybody? They're doomed. Ugh, he's horrible. N- no, I, I, Blake, I didn't say Blake Bortles was, uh, you know, Tom yeah. Brady's understudy. Also, Leonard Fournette is out. I had read that. Uh, what I was amused by, just talking about this Texans-Jaguars game, I forgot that the Texans, despite having a real disappointing year, they uh, that pick is not theirs. They're, that real low first round pick goes to Cleveland because that's who they did business with. The so Osweiler. I think if the season ended, no, not the second round pick. I'm oh. trying to remember who did they. I'm totally. Oh, they traded. Him. The Texans had to move picks to get up in the draft to choose Deshaun oh, to Watson, Watson. Right. and they gave up a first round pick. And that first-round pick is going to be a lot more valuable than anybody had hoped this yeah. year because things have gone so poorly for them. But the other thing I wanted to say about the Texans, by the way, is J.J. Watt, that guy's all done. He, he's he got burnout written all over him. But uh, not to get too distracted by that. Well, here's who the Jaguars play. <clears throat> the last year. two games, the last week uh, of the season on New Year's Eve, they play at the Titans, who have lost their quarterback. Um, and next – Next week on Christmas Eve, guess who they play? Guess who's going to do us a solid next Christmas on Christmas Eve in San Francisco? The, oh, boy. That's hilarious. Jimmy G. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I, I love, so I, I love I'd what say they don't. Doing. I would say they don't have a cakewalk. I mean, the Pats, no, no, last two games, you're not even worried. I mean, the, New York – they're they're down a quarterback, so they're come they're totally compromised. I'm not worried about them. The Titans then, are technically fighting for a playoff spot still. They the, sure, they are absolutely. Yeah. And then and then the Pats would play Buffalo. Really, the concern with Buffalo is you know are they going to attack Gronkowski in the parking lot or on the field? <laughs> so, uh, they're still starting uh, who Peterman again because Tyrod Taylor's out. Or is well, Peterman now they have to. Yeah, yeah. Now they have. Didn't to. Peterman get a concussion last week or something? I do not know, but. I think if the Patriots lose this game, there'll be a tailspin mentality to things. And it's just going to be one of those years defined by the injury bug. You know, to lose Edelman, who's an offensive leader, Hightower, who's a defensive leader, and then these these really important glue guys falling down left and right. We'll see. But anyhow, I, I, I could see a scenario where – Patriots lose to the Steelers, get Van Noy back healthy, Bronkowski stays healthy, offense gets back into clicking. They, you know, they pound someone like the Chiefs, or they pound the Ravens at home. Then they go on the road, and somehow, some way, find their way again in Pittsburgh. And I could totally see them winning that game, only because I do believe that rematches in the same season the losing team can close the gap because they, they now have had time and tape. So I could totally see that happening, despite doom and gloom that I'm forecasting for tomorrow. There's a lot of scenarios still in play with two week, with, with technical well, three weeks, three games left, counting tomorrow. Um, now, personally, I think the Steelers are one of the dumber teams in the NFL. I think Roethlisberger's a dumb-dumb. Antonio Brown is an egomaniac. And the rest of the team is like that. And the fact that Tomlin doesn't evolve year over year, the fact that he re- he relies a lot on his assistant coaches, Todd Haley, I think is the name. He yeah. From yeah, up yeah, earlier. yeah, Todd Haley. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like there's very little mystery involved with playing the Steelers. Right. Whereas you know the Patriots, win or lose, they turn they turn their roster over so aggressively. You know this year's team is very different from last year's team. They haven't had a player like Brandon Cooks in quite a while. Right. You know, speed burner on the outside. So I, it'll it's going to be interesting. But I do feel like if the Steelers lose this game, it'll be because Belichick and, and the rest of the crew are like, well, yeah, we're going to face the Killer Bees again. But you know, it's the same same tune, different day. You know, we're just going to do what we always do. Eh. I, I like I like the idea in the NFL too that um, it, it doesn't always hold true, but. A lot of times in these big games, it does where the team, the team that needs it more, pers- more often than not, 
ends up winning the game. And when you have a team like the Patriots that really knows what they're doing, coaching-wise, player-wise, quarterback-wise, um, and is comfortable, like, they, they've gone into this place before and won on the road, beating this, these same guys. I, I just I put, the, I put the ball in their court and, and put it in their favor, um, regardless of the other stuff that's going on. Because we've just seen it for 15, 16 years now where they, they lose guys on the defensive side, and Belichick, he, he has a, a way. They have a way to coach other guys up make make use of like maybe this is the game that David Harris is like this is the game he has all season where it's just he kills it yeah you know? you're quite optimistic I, I've been watching you know this team obviously very closely they're just so beaten down on defense there's they're at the bottom of the talent barrel when you think of the defensive line when they lost right they drafted that Rivers kid in the third round. Yeah, but where are they statistically, you know, man? He, they, they've overcome that. I get that. I, I feel like, yeah, I just feel like it's smoke and mirrors, and tomorrow they get exposed. I really do. Okay. Well, that's that's yeah. cool. That's cool. I mean, it's fine. Um, you know, it's you want to you wanna go Trey, against. Trey Flowers coming back really helps. <laughs> uh, you, you know this as well as anybody. If the Pats can generate a four-man pass rush, they're golden. But if Roethlisberger drops back 50, 60 times and, and they don't sack him any more than twice, that they're doomed. Right. They're doomed. Hey, hey look, Roethlisberger's seen a lot of stuff, too. They, the, the Patriots need to disguise what they're doing <laughs> up until the last second on defense. I think they can do that. I, I don't know. I just – I have, a, I have a better feeling about this one than I did about the Miami game, in all honesty. <laughs> I was – I don't know if you remember, but before the season started when – and I, it's funny because I, I saw the tweet uh, that I put out there that actually got a little attention because it was in response to Adam Schefter when, they, when he reported that Jay Cutler was signed by the Dolphins. And I tweeted to, to Adam Schefter about, as a Patriots fan, I applaud this. And lo and behold – Guess who killed the Patriots last week? <laughs> it, that is the reason why Jay Cutler is a multimillionaire. He's just the ultimate tease. Uh, He's the ultimate tease. He he and Sue, they're perfect teammates, <laughs> right? Because like perverted ideas motivate them. Yeah. Jay Jay Cutler can't commit to a sixteen game regular season schedule, but he can commit to embarrassing what many think is the best quarterback of all time by just, you know, putting up a better show than him. Yeah, a good game, yeah. And, I mean, and, and same thing with Sue, right? Sue is relatively quiet, you know, unless he steps on someone and they're asking him about a potential suspension. But when the Patriots roll around, he kicks off Monday, Tuesday with quotes directly related to, you know, oh, we got to <laughs> harass him. We got to, yeah. you know, it's like Sue gets up. You can, you can, you can see Cutler getting up, and it's such a shame because – they should always be up. They'd be right. so much better if they were. But no, I, I, it, that was painful to watch. They gave up a couple big plays on defense, then they tightened their act up. But it was too late. The, the Pats just Tom Brady was off the whole night. That, yeah. And that still wasn't. I, I'm not going to remember the exact game, but th- this one, this one wasn't the. It was a it was a crappy one, but it wasn't the worst. The worst loss in Miami. The worst loss in Miami was a f- few years ago. They that's 2015. No, it was even a couple years before that. They they went into Miami. They needed to win the game to have to have like the something like home home field or the first round buy or something. And they totally blew it. Like they right. they totally blew the game. It wasn't it wasn't they a were blowout. running the ball. They wouldn't throw the ball. They were running it. You know, th- three quarters. It was 2015 because. They gave up the first seed to the Broncos, oh, and that's then what they it was. lost yeah. that AFC Championship game in Denver, in Denver yeah. because Gostowski shanked an extra point. Yep, and they had to go to go for two to tie it. So, you know that was well. It wasn't that one Belichick. where, and that by the way, that game started prompting stories from former Belichick players that said. 
if he feels like a team is deficient in some way and he can find an opportunity to use a game to, to rectify that deficiency, he will lose the game trying to develop that skill. So that, that, that Patriots team couldn't run at all. They were a horrible running team. And they were like, look, you know, and I don't know if you remember, but that was the season where Deion Lewis, like that was his first return. Yeah. And they, they were on fire. Eight, eight, no, and then they lost him in Cleveland. Yep, and it totally changed their offense, and their running backs were just average to sucky. Yep, James White actually—that was his coming out party. That's when he started to touch the field and play really well. That was his rookie year, I think. James White. I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah. he actually had a nice play in the, yeah, you know, in the in Denver. But anyways, yeah, that. So any, the Patriots were hell bent on trying to establish the run because they couldn't run, and they. <laughs> pissed away the first seed because Belichick was just so stubborn about it. Right. That story came up a few times this week, you know, just kind of digesting, well, what the hell just happened in, in Miami? In Miami, I think it's more about, you know, Tom Brady having an off day, Gronkowski not being there, defense is doubling up cooks, everybody else gets shut down in single coverage. you got to have talent to, to force people to shift that double. Agreed. Well, another fine uh, riding the pine, and and we didn't get to our ten gifts for a scorpion monthly holiday season. Yeah, well, you know, scorpions are assholes. They're on the naughty list. So, all the all the gifts are just coal. You know, honestly, I don't know what you would get a scorpion as a Mm. gift. They have crickets. Do they eat? live things i assume they do crickets i i uh i mean i think i think they like uh chew toys <laughs> a 60, a 60 toys. gift certificate <laughs> to massage envy <laughs> oh, oh well come on i mean everybody loves that who doesn't want to get fondled yeah regardless of the sexual harassment yeah yeah, yeah 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 well mike but anyways Thanks, thanks for hosting me again, Ben. Oh yeah, no one knows we host it. We co-host it. You're such a good guy. You're you're such a natural sharer. No one knows that that I I call you on on the uh, the recording app that we use called Anchor. It doesn't matter. Anchor. Anchor's really cool. Yeah, I it's... like the format. It's very easy to use. It's simple. It's pretty reliable, too. It works pretty solid. It has been, yeah. And I, I just did the update on my phone for iOS, the, the, the latest one. And it, my phone's working a little bit better now, actually. Sounds good. All right, Mike. Well, it's, uh, I know it's uh, 1.30 a.m. Uh, on the East Coast where you are. Yeah, I'll be going to church early tomorrow. So tell your wife, Feliz Navidad. I will, I will, and uh, likewise to yours, tell her Merry Christmas, um, even though it's not Christmas yet. Wait, I changed my prediction. Patriots 69, Steelers 3. <laughs> so take the over-under. If, if you see the over-under, the number is, is like 69, go over, not under the 69. It just, just had a quick shift in feelings, a hunch. So you're Mike. Just to confirm, you're saying go over on the sixty nine, not under the sixty nine. Go over. There's going to be seventy two points scored. Okay. Be the be the nine, not the six or the six. What? Um, okay. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Yeah. Sure. Bye.